Montana, New York, your Cambridge House host, and I'm joined today by the one and only Peter Grandich. Peter, thank you for being here. It's truly a pleasure, and let me just say that uh, you've been doing a great job so far, and I know it'll only get better. Thank you so much for that. Peter, as someone with 40 plus years on Wall Street, what is catching your eye on today's current and frankly crazy market? Well, I would have to take a step back, Montana. It's really what caught my eye last year. I made a dramatic change for someone that's been kicking the can in this place for almost 40 years. I felt that after Labor Day here in the U.S., uh, that I needed to get into this biggest cash position I would ever have in my in my career, because I felt that there would be a social, political, and economic period that will rival any other period in the U.S. And I can only speak about the U.S. markets. Mm -hmm. I also knew, and I wasn't the only one, that we were in the midst of the biggest financial bubble at the same time, and that if and when it would burst, those issues that I found socially, politically, and economically could make even the downside worse than normal. So I, I took it upon myself to have the biggest cash position I ever had before years in. However, and I don't like using that word because that's not a good word when you're giving out advice, but some people tend to use it a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, the bottom line is I became so enthralled with the gold and silver market and mining shares and felt that given where they were at and what I was thinking I was seeing for the future, they were so compelling that I ended up plowing most of that cash back just into that sector. And, 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 and to be fair, it also would include copper. So it was gold, silver, things related to copper and actual mining shares. And so realistically, I would say now I would be enthralled if these results happened a year after I did that, not just a few months, but here we are. Right. And I know you don't like to comment on your personal portfolio, um, but where is a good home for a junior investor's cash? We touched on gold, uh, silver, and copper. So I'm just wondering if you recommend my listeners do the same. Sure. So as I was telling you before we started, Cambridge House has a special place in my heart. I, it really was a key part of my career. Uh, I remember the early days with Joe Martin. His son, Jay, has taken it to another level. So I will break something that I don't normally do. I will share a couple of stocks with you okay. uh, and, and kind of talk about that. But it's in no way to plug them or thinking that this interview is going to drive them up. I will tell people that they always need to, to seek their own special investment advice because what may be good for me may not be good for someone else that's listening to that. Having said that, I'll I'll tell you my two largest holdings because they both fit the criteria that we just spoke about. The largest holding is a company called Arizona Metals. Uh, it trades both up in, in the Canadian exchange under the symbol AMC and down here in, in the US, uh, AZMCF. It is a uh, copper, gold, zinc uh, project in Arizona. The current deposit, which is already and is continuing to be drilled in my estimate and some others, uh, is already worth more than the current share price. And they're about to embark on drilling two nearby uh, structures that are so identical uh, from everything other than drilling them, they look exactly alike other than the fact that they look much bigger. So uh, with what's happening with copper, with the tremendous increase we can expect over the coming years for demand of copper, the shortage we had even before this scenario, uh, and the fact that it's in a place where I don't think we have any political or social concerns to be worried about. They're a prime takeover target. 
And if they get fortunate enough to find even just similar kind of results in those structures, uh, I have stated publicly that I think it could be, you know, a takeout in the next 12 to 24 months in the billions of dollars. So uh, oh, wow. obviously, well, you know, I'm speaking my portfolio, so obviously <laughs> I'm going to be optimistic, but I think <laughs> right. it is something of worthiness. It, it, it's it's something that even if they go to those areas and there's not as much as one would hope, that what they've already identified supports the current price. So I, I shouldn't see a 50 or 75 percent loss which is all too common in the junior resource market. I could spend the next hours telling you how many times I lost that much money in a junior. But uh, in this particular case, I think we're safe on our principal and we have a still a very significant upside. And then the other second biggest holdings is probably if I had to write a textbook after 40 years of uh, making and losing millions, not once, but twice in juniors, this company, uh, American Pacific Mining, has it completed the first half of the book in the way you're supposed to? They've done a tremendous job of, of, of developing a series of projects, uh, one in the state of Montana, which, uh, <laughs> which, which your name was interesting <laughs> to speak to. It's a, it's a project where their partner is, is footing the bill, Rio Tinto, through a, a okay. subservient called Kennecott. Uh, it is also developing two projects in Nevada, one of which right now is is the home run potential, the one that we're, we're eager to wait to see because it was, I, I never saw a better non-drilled project in my life. And that's what excited me so much. But they completed the first half and the first half in junior resources sizzle. You get the right, all great stories, you fund right, you get the right people in. But at the end of the day, nine out of 10 juniors fail to go the whole way. And uh, because they don't find the stake. And now it's time for the company to start demonstrating that these projects have stake. And I'm optimistic. But again, you know, people have to recognize that speculation and gambling is the same thing. Wall Street created the word speculating, so they don't have to say gambling. Mm -hmm. But when you're speculating slash gambling, you got to be prepared to lose part or all your capital. And that's one company that I would say you'd have to keep that in mind as well. Great. And then while we are touching on your portfolio, I know you mentioned that you're a big fan of physical bullion at the moment. How much would you say is in stocks and bullion? And, and, and I uniquely bought physical bullion, which is not something I normally did. Whenever mm -hmm. I was bullish on gold and all, I played mining shares before or something you know, like a GLD because I was looking for the capital appreciation. But I actually bought physical bullion in the fall because I was concerned about all the things that I had told you about socially, politically, and economically. But I was buying gold just a few months ago at 1750. And as we speak, it's, you know, it's, it's in the 2000 area. So I, obviously it's not as attractive uh, as it once was, but I still believe in where I thought originally it can go to, and that's the high 2000. So it's still worthy. It's too early to look at the general equity markets uh, and it's not too late to own the physical bullions, the gold and silver. Some of the base metals, because of what's happening here, as we both speak, you know, they might have gotten ahead of themselves and we can see a corrective phase. But I still think that whole market still has a way to go. And, 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 and individuals don't like what I'm about to say, but I'll conclude with this. I always feel you have to take gold before you take silver. Now, retail people like silver. There's always an argument but it more or less tags along with gold and on occasion will lead gold. And I don't think it'll be any different this time. So when you really see silver eventually take off, 
and actually be leading gold, we'll probably be closer, more mature in this move than we currently are. Great, thank you. And then I just wanted to circle back here. Are you deploying capital into the market currently or would you say that your capital is deployed? Oh, it's deployed. In fact, I think if I deployed anymore, I'd have to get a divorce attorney because uh, I really, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I used a figure to leave in my, in my post and my blog of a truck backing up, but I literally did. But I have the blessing now that I did it in the market. Those things are up 20, 40, 50% from where I did. So I have some room wherever if they fall back, but most of my capital is deployed. And this is a very difficult time to be first starting anything. The, the general equity market is not yet seen any worthy correction where you'd want to start to build a portfolio there. I don't know how anybody buys bonds if inflation's eight or 10% and the bond is under 2%. So you could buy stocks and you could happen to choose the ones that did well, even if there's a bear market in the overall market. But if there's a bear market in bonds, you're going to lose money. So I actually think it's more riskier right now, bonds and general equities. And we probably moved a little too far to really first start a metals portfolio. But in the junior market, there's still a lot of things that are closer to their 52-week low than their 52-week high. So I probably would say that would be an area one could still look at. Great. And then talking about areas that people could look at, where could my listeners find you if they wanted to hear more, Peter? I have a one foot out the door, but uh, for <laughs> now anyway, uh, and I hopefully not one foot in the grave. I just thought about that. That that, that might have not been the best way to describe that. But uh, at my age, you got to be careful. Uh, I still have a blog. It's petergranich.com. There's a blog there. I don't post on Twitter anymore. It became came a place where a lot of people took their anger out in places that I don't feel that, uh, you know, you want to go out abusing people. But uh, petergranich.com right now and selective interviews still like here at Cambridge House. And again, I hope Joe and Jay hear this and, and, and obviously wish you well. Uh, it's a phenomenal place. I'm so happy what Cambridge House has been built into. And I hope you have many, many more years of success. And I hope you come probably one of the most uh, best advisors because I certainly say you're much better looking than Jay and Joe. <laughs> Definitely a different haircut. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peter. We'll talk to you soon. All the best. God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow this podcast wherever you're listening to be notified every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday of new episodes. Also, feel free to leave a rating and a review if you're enjoying the show. Keep up with me and Cambridge House between episodes at the Montana York on Twitter and cambridgehouse.com. See you next time.